Welcome to the Monocle Podcast. We are an independent management consulting firm, and in this podcast, we discuss our latest insights and opinions to help you achieve exceptional performance in banking and insurance together. I'm Gar Wilding, Monocle's research manager based in Johannesburg, and on today's episode, we're joined by Kellen Pottier, one of our analysts at Monocle, to chat to him about how asset management firms are looking to compete as the industry continues to experience tightening margins and the adoption of passive asset management strategies. We also discussed why exchange-traded funds have become such a hot topic both here in South Africa and abroad. Kellen, welcome to the podcast and thanks for joining us. Hi Guy, thanks for having me on the podcast. So for those of us who might not know the lingo of ETFs or might not be um, within the asset management industry, can you explain to us what an ETF is? And, and that's not to be confused with an EFT, which I often do electronic <laughs> uh, funded or electronic fund transfers. Uh, what makes it unique? What makes it different from other investment securities out there? Sure. So an, an ETF in simple terms is a basket of securities divided into shares and those shares are listed on an exchange. So most people are aware of a traditional unit trust or which invests in underlying securities. Um, this is almost exactly the same concept, except you are buying into and out of the fund by buying a listed share on the stock exchange. Well, there are a couple of things that make an ETF unique. And one of them is liquidity. Because they are exchange traded, you can enter and exit your investment at any time during the day, as long as the market is open. If you compare that to a unit trust, you have a fixed window where you can enter and exit your position. So, for example, an ETF would trade on the market around its net asset value at any time during the day. A unit trust would strike a net asset value at a single point during the day, so at 3 p.m., and that would be the price at which you enter or exit your position. And that net asset value stays right up until the next day, regardless of the movements in the underlying investments. So really, that, that liquidity aspect makes ETFs price much more closer to their true net asset value as opposed to a unit trust. And one of the real benefits of an ETF is the transparency. Every single day, an ETF provider is required to publish all of the holdings of the fund on their ETF website. If you compare that to a unit trust, at best, you're going to get your top 10 holdings provided to you in a monthly statement. So with an ETF, you really know what you're buying, you know what the underlying investments are, and an ETF is going to give you what it says on the can. If an ETF is designed to track the performance of an index of the market, that's the performance you're going to get before fees. Whereas a unit trust can take many different routes of achieving returns and take, take different tilts to, to market exposure. So you mentioned tracking a fund and you know that brings us to the kind of topic of passive investing. Again, you often hear uh, financial advisors on the radio or on the internet talking about the benefits of passive investing for maybe the everyday investor. Why has passive investing become, or why has it gained such a positive reputation? And what has been the impact of passive investing on the asset management industry? I think fundamentally, investors have realized that it's not possible to consistently outperform the market. Every year, S&P Dow Jones Indices does a study on active versus, versus passive management. Last year, they found that over a 15-year period, nearly 92% of active fund managers are trailing the S&P 500 index. So if only less than 1 in 10 active managers are actually performing the index, 
then investors have said, well, then I would rather get the performance of the index guaranteed. And that's what an ETF provides. It's a low cost way of tracking the market with a very low tracking error based on the fact that ETFs fully replicate the underlying holdings of the market. I think the reason this has had such a big impact on the active asset management industry or the investment industry as a whole is that it has exposed index huggers who were charging active fees for simply delivering the performance of the market. And now that investors have a low cost option, they've moved away from those funds into ETFs for their market exposure. And because ETFs come in at a lower total expense ratio, this has led to a decline in fees that fund managers were able to charge. And so we've seen fee compression across the investment management industry. If you combine this fee compression with the rising costs of compliance, the net effect has been reduced margins for the asset management industry. So we recently released a paper on how the threat of tighter margins, so exactly what you mentioned, and passive investment strategies is transforming the way that um, asset managers run their business as well as their target operating models. Can you maybe just unpack some of the various capabilities required within an asset management firm to manage ETF investments um, and, and how these operations might be set to change? Sure. So I think the, the starting point is that an asset management business is an incredibly operational business. There are so many um, moving components in order to enable an investment and maintain that as well as ensure that your funds are performing as investors would expect them to. But because an asset management business is such an operational business, it leads itself to technology-driven process innovation. And, and that's where a target operating model transformation comes in. The fundamental capabilities required in fulfillment of an operating model are portfolio management, compliance monitoring, trade execution, risk management and reporting, and asset administration and fund accounting. So, Kellen, with this this target operating model, what are some of the design principles um, that firms should be aware of when uh, reassessing their their operating model or trying to optimize their operating model? There are a couple of design principles for target operating model efficiency, but I think fundamentally the target operating model has to be fit for purpose. It has to meet the needs of the business, has to meet the existing scale, and it has to meet the strategic objectives of the business. In terms of the underlying data systems processes that underlie the capabilities of a target operating model, here, it is critical to minimize the handoffs between systems and service providers. We want to eliminate avoidable duplication, and we also want to increase the automation of tasks. And across the entire landscape, the asset managers or organizations need to target a robust control environment with a strong data management and governance framework. Th those would be the considerations I would propose for maximal target operating model efficiency. So in the paper, we wrote that there is this greater um, compression of fees and that operating models need to adjust to accommodate these passive asset management strategies. What is the ETF process changing in these operating models? So you went through the different components, but not all of these are applicable or as required um, for these passive strategies. Yeah, so so Guy, I think that's a key point, right? Traditionally, with active asset managers, your business lived and died on the portfolio management component. The asset manager or portfolio manager had to construct a portfolio of investments 
which by their design would outperform the index which they or their benchmark which their returns are compared against and so there is a need for intense amounts of research for um, intense amounts of data as well as incredible amounts of, of manpower where you have investment decision teams brainstorming what goes into a portfolio and what doesn't if you compare that to an exchange traded fund that portfolio management piece can be completely automated because by definition an exchange traded fund needs to fully replicate the index which it seeks to track all a portfolio management function um, is responsible for in an etf operating model is taking the constituents or the the target constituents and weightings from the index dates provider comparing that against the investment portfolio's current holdings and making adjustments to the trades to make sure that the portfolio is holding the exact same securities as the underlying index which it seeks to track and that whole process can be completely automated using simple automation processes or by using more com- complex portfolio optimization risk models and i think because of that that fact the etf operating model can be almost entirely automated as a process from start to finish we talked about optimizing the target operating model but why should uh, firms be looking at doing that so guy i think over and above the efficiency scalability and control efficiency gains it really is all about costs so if you can reduce the operating cost of a fund if you can reduce the bips that's instant margin expansion for every single product that you administer over and above that if you are scaling your business in the future any additional margin will go straight to your bottom line so you really want to focus on reducing that operating cost of each fund the paper also has a very strong focus towards the decisions around outsourcing and insourcing and then the management required from that can you give us a little bit of insight um into that so i think when it comes to fulfilling the critical capabilities of a target operating model organizations should really consider whether they have the in-house infrastructure capabilities systems and process in order to fulfill a capability or whether this particular area may be a weakness in the organization that lends itself more to outsourcing in terms of deciding between insourcing and outsourcing each component it provides flexibility to design a target operating model that fits your business needs and your current business scale so what i would recommend an organization focus on is consider the existing infrastructure and domain expertise are your processes systems and data mature enough to handle the fulfillment of a capability or should this rather be outsourced to someone who can meet the expectations i would focus on scale so this is actually a drawback of outsourced models is that they tend to be variable cost services and as your business expands so does your cost base So if you really want to focus on scale your target operating model should support both your current business and also the future needs and by introducing more of an an insourced fixed cost base scaling accrues further benefits in terms of operational leverage and then i would just look at the overall control that you wish to have over your operating model if you go too far into the outsourced side you can't easily change and adapt your process right you've got to change service level agreements you have to align workday schedules you have to get all of your service providers to buy into your new and revised target operating model 
Whereas organizations who take more control of their operating model are able to have a level of agility that's unrivaled by what an outsourced model can provide. What we find from industry experience is the least outsourced capability is portfolio management and the compliance monitoring. See, for active asset managers who live and die by performance, the portfolio management function is viewed as both the key value driver as well as a competitive advantage. And similarly, for the compliance monitoring aspect, the ultimate liability does lie with the management company who oversees that investment. So asset managers are reluctant to outsource their compliance monitoring function if they will bear the ultimate responsibility. If you look at the most outsourced capabilities, these tend to be auxiliary functions like tax services or trade execution. The reason for trade execution is if you are focused on administering investment products, you may not have the the team with the capacity to do what's required of, of trade execution. We talked about uh, ETFs tracking indexes, but uh, we've spoken previously about the the innovations that are coming out of um, the ETF space. So it's very clear that ETFs are kind of continuing to challenge the status quo. What are some of the innovations that we're seeing in the market of ETFs? Sure. So really, one of the hot topics at the moment is thematic ETFs. So thematic ETFs allowing investors to track exposure to a specific theme or a specific sector. So for example, we are seeing ETFs which offer investors exposure to esports and video gaming or an ETF that tracks companies that are going after cloud computing or companies that uh, you'll see, for example, a future-oriented ETF might only focus on a very niche portfolio of innovative companies like um, 3D technology, drone technology, genetic editing. And these thematic ETFs are actually being received really well by investors. So we've seen an uptick in, in these sort of niche products. So we're moving away from vanilla beta market exposure, which ETFs traditionally fulfilled. If we look into um, other markets like the US, where there's a lot of innovation coming through in ETFs. We've seen the use of derivatives in ETFs, so you can go short the S&P 500. We are seeing leveraged ETFs, so 2x return on the NASDAQ 100. You might also see in the in the US more recently the rise of actively managed ETFs, or what they're known as active transparency. And what this means is you're getting all the benefits of a unit trust, you're getting the benefits of active management with all of the liquidity and transparency of an ETF. So, so that's a lot of innovation we've seen coming out of the US. Um, and then across the world more generally, there's a new set of products in ETFs called Smart Beta, which allows the investor to gain exposure to specific factors that drive investment returns. Things like value, quality, momentum, small cap, low volatility, as well as alternative risk premium using long short strategies. What's particularly interesting about these smart beats of strategies is this has been traditionally the space of active asset managers who would have a skew or tilt toward targeting a specific factor in the underlying investments. But with ETFs, they are able to achieve exposure to these factors using vast volumes of data and systematic trading strategies to make sure that they exploit the maximal benefits out of these smart pizza strategies. So it's really giving investors more tools in, in the toolbox in terms of using ETFs to gain the type of exposure that they are looking for. So I think if we look toward the US, if we look at thematics, and if you look at 
um, smart beta. This is really the next generation of, of ETFs and moving away from vanilla beta market exposure. One of the things that stands out to me is just the, how dynamic it is and the speed that is changing. You know, when we talk about passive investment, we think of long time horizons, um, leaving investments, but all these operations have to be so streamlined. And with the introduction of automation and a lot of the kind of practices that you've spoken about now, it sounds like this industry is just becoming way more dynamic than it's ever been in the past. No, absolutely. It's giving fresh legs to the entire asset management industry, not just to the ETF space. Before we close off, we've talked about the theoretical, we've released the paper to our website, but how can Monocle assist firms in uh, optimizing their, their target operating model? I think the reality, Guy, is that regardless of how you decide to arrange the capabilities of your target operating model, regardless of the strategy that you are pursuing with your target operating model, implementing it all comes down to data, systems, processes, and, and people. And, and that's what we do as execution partners. We partner with our clients to build the bespoke solutions to solve their unique challenges. So Kellen, thanks very much for coming on the podcast and for sharing your insights. Thanks, Guy. Thanks for having me. So for our listeners who would like to learn more about what we do at Monocle, you can visit our website as well as download our latest Monocle Insights paper on the topic of asset management and optimizing the operating model. Similarly, if you'd like to contact us, you can find all our details on the website for both our European and South African practices. Kellen, thanks again for joining us. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. Visit monocle.co.za or co.uk to subscribe for updates. From Johannesburg to London, Cape Town to Amsterdam, Monocle, we design change.